From the Ohio News Network, this is the ONN Daily Podcast. It is Friday, November 20th, 2020. From the Ohio News Network, I'm Daniel Barnett. New coronavirus cases hit a new record today as Ohioans headed into the first weekend under Governor Mike DeWine's mandated statewide overnight curfew. The Columbus Dispatch reports the 8,808 new cases tallied in the past 24 hours eclipsed the record set last Friday, which was 8,071. Ohio had hovered between 7,000 and 8,000 cases a day over the last week, but that represents a significant jump from just three weeks ago when the state had fewer than 4,000 new cases. The state also reported another 65 deaths and 398 new hospitalizations from the coronavirus, including 42 people admitted to ICUs across the state. It was announced yesterday that Franklin County has the unwanted distinction of being the first county elevated to level four or purple on the state's COVID-19 public health advisory system. Kevin Landers has more on what that means. Franklin County has more than 500 cases per 100,000 people. New cases are going down, but they are above what the CDC requires. Now, a level four means you should only leave your home for supplies. But since there is no enforcement behind the level four emergency, it doesn't force people to change their behavior. The governor said local governments and schools need to decide if they need to do more. What we have done is, through our color code, try to inform local decision makers. We should look not just at the purple. You need to look at the rate. And, and you know, if you're a school district, you may even want to look down at the, the zip code rate. For the statehouse, Kevin Landers. Ohio's three-week 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. curfew went into effect last night, but does a curfew really help? Brittany Bailey reports on what the experts have to say. Can COVID obey a curfew? We asked the experts what they think. I think it's wishful thinking that a curfew might help reduce the spread. There's nothing magical about a special time of night when the virus is less or more likely to transmit. Curfews really were struggling to see the efficacy of them in a lot of areas, and it ends up trading one risk for another. Well, our experts say until we get a vaccine, we still have to drive home the message of taking personal responsibility. It would also help to have better and more effective and accessible testing, but we're just not there yet. In downtown Columbus, Brittany Bailey. One Southwest Ohio sheriff says he will not enforce Governor Mike DeWine's coronavirus curfew. ONN's Steve Vaughn has more. Butler County Sheriff Richard Jones has said he is not the mask police. Now he says he won't be the curfew police either. I'm not going to enforce any of these uh, edicts. The governor's a nice guy. I know him, but he doesn't reach down and talk to us that are down here in the trenches. People are fatigued. Jones appeared on the Fox and Friends show. Hamilton County Sheriff Jim Neal put out a release that says he will enforce the governor's curfew. Steve Vaughn, ONN. Sam Randazzo, the chairman of Ohio's Utility Regulation Agency, has resigned in the same week that his home was raided by the FBI. And a day after new information came out about First Energy Corporation, the energy company tied to the state's largest ever bribery scandal, which is believed to be tied to Randazzo. Molly Brewer reports. The electric utility company reported yesterday that former executives improperly paid a firm tied to a future regulator about $4 million to terminate a, quote, purported consulting agreement. The governor thanked Rendazzo for his service. He felt in regard to recent events that have occurred, the FBI search of his home, uh, coupled uh, with the FEC filing yesterday, he would, going forward, in his words, be a distraction. Molly Brewer, ONN News.
Before being appointed as chair of the PUCO last year, Randazzo was an energy industry lobbyist with business interests throughout the industry. Ohio's unemployment rate for October was 5.6%, down from a revised 8.3% in September. ONN's Dave James has more. The Ohio Department of Job and Family Services says the state's jobless rate fell below the national average last month, which was 6.9%. During October, Ohio added nearly 31,000 jobs. 5.2 million people were working in Ohio last month, while 324,000 were unemployed. Dave James, ONN News. Men who allege decades-old sexual abuse by a now-deceased Ohio State team doctor and who are upset about how the university has handled their unsettled claims have pushed for a stronger response in a new round of live and pre-recorded comments to school trustees. Angela Ann has more. Several of the men asked trustees during a meeting yesterday how they would feel if their own children had experienced such mistreatment. New Ohio State President Dr. Christina Johnson reiterated the school's previous statements that the behavior of the late Richard Strauss was reprehensible and the failure to stop him during his tenure was unacceptable. She assured the men that she's listening to their comments. Angela Ann, ONA News. A suburban Cleveland family was bilked out of more than $1.5 million when a relative died, and they say it was done by a trusted neighbor. ONN's Michael Kelly has the story. Ronnie Picard will be passed away from cancer, only to have the person he trusted with his power of attorney, a friend, make off with nearly $1.6 million that was supposed to go to his family. Picard's brother Michael tells our sister station, WKYC-TV, the money was transferred into other people's names and only about $700,000 recovered. CDC says one in ten adults over age 60 are abused, neglected, or financially exploited. Michael Kelly, ONN News. PCAR is warning others to look out for the elderly, especially when they're isolated and alone during COVID-19. And Columbus was supposed to host the high school football state championship games this weekend, but that's no longer the case. Dave Holmes has more on where those games will be played. Paul Brown Tiger Stadium in Massillon, the same stadium that hosted the state championship games from 1990 to 2013. The OHSAA wanted to play these games at the Fortress in Obetz, but decided to change location because of the health advisory issued by the Franklin County Department of Health. Paul Brown Stadium is an incredible venue for high school football, and the schedule of the game will not change with the new location. But there is one game of note. The Maslin Tigers are trying to win their first state playoff championship, and now they get to play on their home field. Their opponent, Hoban, has agreed to that. I'm Dave Holmes. Special thanks to affiliate station WBNS-TV in Columbus for their contributions to today's newscast. I'm Daniel Barnett on the Ohio News Network. This has been the ONN Daily Podcast, a production of Radio Ohio Incorporated on the Ohio News Network.